The Money Show. The Africa Business Report. We're going to talk to Dr. Rutendo Huindingui this evening, Managing Director at Elevate Education, the author of Rumble in the Jungle Reloaded, our Africa business focus, brought to you by SAA, the ones who fly SAA's growing route network, now flying to Blantyre, Lilongwe, Vic Falls and Vintuk. It's been a long time, Rutendo. Welcome to The Money Show. It's good to have you with us tonight. Talk to me about President Emmanuel Macron's visit to Central Africa. What has he been up to? Hi, Bruce. Always good to chat to you and a good evening to your listeners as well. Um, yeah, I think the Macron visit is it's quite insightful for, for two reasons. I think on one side, and obviously this aligns a lot to what I unpack in my book, Rumble in the Jungle, we know that in that on one side, this is Macron's 18th visit uh, to Africa. So you must be asking yourself, you know, why is it the man is leaving France with all that great champagne and what is he seeing in Africa? And if you see his journey in terms of the countries we focused on, which are primarily Gabon, Angola, Congo, and DRC, what sticks out, uh, Bruce, is that they are not your traditional uh, Francophone countries. Uh, so he's intentionally coming to these regions. He's obviously seen opportunity. But the dilemma that sits there, especially with DRC at the moment, is that you've got uh, Kagame and Shikedi, obviously Kagame, the leader of Rwanda, and uh, Prime Minister President Kigedi, uh, Shikedi, the, the leader of, um, of the DRC. Uh, obviously, there's a big debate or an argument with them with regard to the N23 uh, rebels that are there and the fight and the war that's going on. So which creates a bit of instability. And over and above this, DRC has recently been brought into the EAC bloc, so you've got a one-side opportunity which Macron is seeing coming to Africa, but there's also instability uh, that's there in the country. So at the end of the day, you've got opportunity mixed instability. So depending on which lens that you look through, uh, it depends on what you want to grab and how you want to capitalize it. So it's going to be very interesting to see how that all unpacks and unravels in the coming uh, in the coming period. Bruce. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, again, the the colonial heritage, I suppose, and the language and all of those sorts of things connect the countries. And Macron is staking a claim, I suppose. I mean, he's staking a claim at future trade volumes. He wants uh, these countries as as customers for his country into the future, and he also wants access to resources. Um, so it, it makes sense. And I do believe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, that he is possibly the hardest working European leader in Africa. No, he is, because I, as I mentioned before, you know, this is the 18th trip. I remember in my old days as a salesman, when I used to hit the dusty road of, of Africa selling software or different components, uh, and my sales manager always used to say, you know, it's all about numbers. The more you have traffic, the more frequent presence you have in front of the customer, the greater the chance of ever, or in terms of actually closing the deal. And that's what he's doing. He's showing his face in Africa. There's another argument that he's obviously being competitive to Russia and China uh, from a geopolitics perspective and trying to, to leverage the France, the French brand on the continent. But definitely he's hardworking. Uh, he's putting uh, his foot on the pedal in terms of seeking opportunities in Africa. And we must see that from an Africa perspective and say, gosh, if this guy is seeing this, uh, why are we not capitalizing and see what he's seen and try and stop the infighting and also capitalizing the same manner? So it's very interesting, Bruce.
Yeah, most certainly is. Uh, the Nigerian elections. I'm so bored of Nigerian elections. I'm not as bored as Nigerians are of Nigerian elections. They just seem to be fed up. But uh, you, you turn up, you vote, nothing changes. You carry on. Um, I, I wonder um, how you are reading the, the the democratic status of Nigeria at the moment. Yeah, that's also another very interesting angle. And... Um you know, I was, I was chatting to somebody earlier on, and I was using the phrase that I made up uh, by myself, which is, you know, it's, it's almost a case of old wine in old wine skin. Uh, not new wine in old wine skin, but old wine in old wine skin. In terms of, you've got a, a new leader who's coming from the old regime, and the question is, is he going to bring anything new to the party? But I think an, an important angle that we must we must kind of pick up on here, uh, those which stuck out to me was that, I mean, the third runner-up uh, was Peter Obi. Uh, who, I think the big highlight for him was that in a short period of time with the Labour Party, he drew sort of the young population. And why that sticks out to me, that although he didn't make, the, he didn't get the victory that he wanted, but one of the big things about Africa going into 2015, it's estimated that we have 40% of the world's youth on the continent. So what it's just highlighting, I think, the, the influence of, of the young generation on politics, albeit that it's happening slowly, is definitely raising up the stakes of the political game uh, on the African continent. Nigeria being a populist country, uh, that's a good example of it. So I think it's a trend that we probably just have to watch and analyze. I think in the short term, I don't think there's going to be a major difference in terms of the economics uh, or the social politics of, of Nigeria. But from a long-term perspective, I think there's something significant that the youth will bring in terms of input, impacting the, the political landscape uh, of Nigeria. So uh, a bit of the same with the current, but going into the future, I think something very interesting to see and observe. And again, going back to the, you know, like the, to rumble in the jungle, in terms of all these different symmetries, in terms of how they all align and bring different perspectives, it's how you look at it and say, where is the opportunity and how do I adjust and adapt to the business? That's the key thing. Yeah. Egypt seems to be doing a lot right, particularly when it comes to tourism, which, of course, has always been a very big money spinner for Egypt. It went off the boil, of course, after the Arab Spring, and there have been a number of terror attacks on tourist destinations and things over time. But they really do seem to be taking it incredibly seriously. Yeah, and I think, you know, the, the reason I like the, the Egypt story, it's different. It's not an agricultural story, it's not a mining story, it's tourism, uh, which obviously tourism aligns to, 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 to encouraging the services sector. But if you look at uh, the state, I mean, the stuff that just has come out, I mean, they've recently discovered a new tunnel in, in one of the, uh, I think, in one, in one of the key areas of tourism in, in Egypt. So obviously that's opened up a new opportunity with regards to tourists coming to Egypt. But another key important point is that I think it's estimated that the tourism traffic in the world is plus or minus 1.4 billion. And Egypt is wanting to grow by, in terms of uh, attracting tourists to Egypt, uh, 25 to 30% year on year uh, in the next coming years. And so this latest discovery of this new tunnel in, in Egypt uh, that is obviously going to attract and complement and will help hopefully contribute to that growing figure. But I think more importantly is that that 1.4 billion in terms of size and quantum that I'm talking about global tourism, Egypt only contributes 1%. So in other words, that 1% might seem small, but more importantly, it highlights the opportunity that is there for them in terms of their focus on tourism, 
post-COVID, obviously with the dynamics of Ukraine and what's happening with the war. So ultimately, it's just a fresh breath of air when it comes to economic growth in Africa, that tourism is taking another angle. You've got Egypt. It's always got a good history, but more importantly, it's got direct initiatives in terms of supporting growth uh, in terms of that sector. So that's quite exciting uh, in terms of just a fresh story with regards to economic growth in Africa. My thanks to Dr. Rutendo Huindingui, who is Chief Advisor uh, for Tribe Africa Advisory, also the author of Rumble in the Jungle Reloaded, recently published, posted some pictures of his boys. Rutendo's a big man. Rutendo has got uh, a very impressive set of shoulders on him. He's got a barrel chest, and he's got boys who are going to be bigger and stronger. He must be terrified. But yes, uh, wonderful family pictures at the launch of his brand new book, uh, Rumble in the Jungle Reloaded.